everybody hi there the 80s month rolls on is this the last no we have one more after this right um it's yeah there's one more even though it'll be past 80s month but well we'll yeah. we might record it in april uh, in april that's true it could happen yeah stranger things have happened because may if, if we get it if we do it a week from tonight, it'll still be they'll be the last day of April, and we'll we'll make it happen. But we're still doing it. Next week is last week of eighties, our eighties month, our five shows about eighties. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about eighties uh, music, eighties toys, eighties trends and fads, check out our archives. Go and last three episodes next week we're talking 80s junk food but today 80s movies but before that um squeezer did you see something pretty big there's two things i saw and i sent you um so you have to pretend you're surprised because it's a podcast what yeah we're doing a shtick so uh sega tell me when i should be surprised all right you ready Yes. Sega Corporation released the list of games on, you know, everyone has a mini console now. The I, the PlayStation one apparently sucked. I didn't play it, but it you could now buy it for like 30 bucks. <laughs> uh, but the Nintendo ones are still raising what? on. That's not the surprise. Oh. Yeah. So Sega list has putting out a, a miniature version of the Genesis. And they listed their games that they're putting on the system. Landstalker made the cut. Can that you, was good, huh? Like, my eyes got real big and my jaw dropped. Can you hear the crickets in the background? No, did you know that? Did you read that link I sent you? I did, yes. Oh, no, I got... Okay, good. I was an excited young boy right there. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. I was like, oh, shit. It's a pretty good list. There's, um... How much is it retailing for? I think... Oh, shit. I looked at the... I was going to pre-order it, but I'm like... I, I did the all... Nah, there'll be plenty of them. <laughs> Which there won't be. I should just pre-order it. And um, okay, let me go to the link I sent you. I'd scroll back in our chat to find the link I sent you, so I could properly tell the people the list. Oh, seventy-nine ninety-nine on September nineteenth. Uh, oh, you can buy it on Amazon. I'll just do it there. So, Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, uh, Space Harrier Two, Shining Force, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone, which I loved as a kid. I played that on mm-hmm. Sega Channel. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, Gunstar Heroes, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Earthworm Jim, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, Thunder Force 3, Super Fantasy Zone, Shinobi 3, Return of Ninja Master, Streets of Rage 2, Contra Hardcore, and Landstalker. Uh, It's so cool that Landstalker's on that. Um, Now, is this... Are they going to have it? Uh, I read the article, but it was so long ago, like two days. Uh, will you be able to update that? Will there be like additional releases for it? Well, or is this going to be like the 
initial like Nintendo wave of I think it's meant to be like the Nintendo wave, uh, but those Nintendo ones are incredibly easy to mm-hmm. add your own games. It's almost like they made them with the ability to do that. So if you just put a little research into it, mm-hmm. it's not hard to find how to do You don't that. have to solder into it like my old Xbox, like I did? No, no. Uh, I, I have I have both my NES Classic and my SNES Classic. Uh, I have to add Burger Time on there for Enchantress. We Ooh. bought a... Um, we have like mini arcade cabinets that we have on our, our, our windowsill. We bought the, the Burger Time one from Target. It's like impossible, so... There's no like easy mode, <laughs> so I gotta. Add. I would, I'd have to build like an oversized cabinet and drop a big CRT TV in it and hook that Genesis up to it, because it it's just like and it sounds like <clears throat> the multi, uh, game unit that my sister's orthodontist had. Oh in his right, office. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. and, and I would just you you, would, you hit the big button and switch your games and the light shows which like cards playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my I well my sister went to the same orthodontist. Uh, the the uh, okay, so it says the one small oversight in the U.S. version of the Sega Mini includes two three-button controllers. Oh, the Japan the Japanese one gets the six-button controllers. Fuckers, how are we supposed to play uh, Eternal Champions? I'm sure it says they're USB, so you'll be able to pick up mm. uh, the some get some Mad Cats going. That's fucking bullshit with the turbo buttons. <clears throat> Uh, includes 40 legendary games. Was that 40? Uh, oh, that's, no, that's yeah, one, that didn't two, sound like 40. Three, I want four, Kid Chameleon. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That's only half the games. I just counted. Oh, Kid Chameleon's got to be on there then. Love that game. Yeah, Kid Chameleon, I'm sure. That's on all those. Like, f- at games for the longest time, put out shit versions of this product, mm-hmm. which I have actually in my at work. And um, you could actually play cartridges on it too, and it has Mortal Kombat one and two on it, which I'm hoping comes on this, and it has a uh, Kid Chameleon on it. But it's like RCA, not HDMI. It's it's pretty much a big piece of shit. I just gotta get a new Genesis. I got all my games in a big broken black box. They're like thirty bucks. Just splurge well, and get one. Yeah. You could have my uh, at games one and see if that works for you. Nah, I felt I felt weird taking it. No, not not my actual Genesis that I had. I took that home already. I oh. have I have an at games one that oh. plays the carts. Gotcha. Um, to see if ah. it works for you. It's pretty cool. They won't tell me. I want to know all the games, Squeezer. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're making these mini consoles. What mini console would you like to see? I know everyone dug up that Nintendo filed the patent paperwork to make an N64 one. But um I mean, that, that's kind of like that would be it. That'd be the holy grail, I think. Like if you <clears throat> you can boot that up and you have Mario and Pilot Wings, GoldenEye, um you know, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Mahora's Mask. Mask. Wave Race 64. Cruising USA. Mahora's Mask. Majora's Mask. (laughs) 
Is it? Um, do we figure that out? I forget that. Yeah, it's Majora. It's Majora, not Mahora. Yeah. I said Mahora's mask before you made that joke. Yes, a lot. No, I just just. About oh, did 10 you? Seconds no, ago. no, you said it right. No, I said Mahora's mask. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh. You're just not paying attention to me again, Squeezer. Well, you weren't paying attention to me, so we're we're even there. I was. When was I was not paying attention to you? Because then I said it a couple of times, and you didn't. You didn't I did. I was. I was playing. You were ignoring me. I was uh, not no selling your your insults. No, that would be pretty cool. Uh, an N64 one. I want to see them release like a pocket-sized Game Boy one that has all the classic Game Boys on Game Boy games on it. And right there, you're like you're like an actual Game Boy. Yeah, but it could be smaller. <laughs> nah, fuck that. I want a full brick. Make the kids suffer. And four AA batteries. <clears throat> nah, it's 2019. Make them suffer. Uh, four AAA batteries, so it costs more. Yeah, yeah. Or you know. Help this environment a little bit, make it rechargeable. Ah, yeah, but you know, then what happens to all the battery recycling plants? You know, you can't put them out of business. Those are jobs, Ryan. Yeah, those are jobs. I I would love to see like a tiny little version, like the size of like an original iPhone uh, Game Boy. Yeah, that'd be be cool. I I remember like when these first. <clears throat> when the first one came out, and it was like the Atari one, like it was the joystick. Um, and this was probably what, like ten years ago, maybe at least, yeah. And then they and one of the guys had one at work, and he would keep it in his bag. And when we were done setting up, we do our thing, and we go to the announcers table where, <clears throat> like, there's a monitor where the you know your color and play-by-play commentators sit, and we would plug into that monitor and we'd sit there like on alongside the basketball court. Who was who had that? Uh, uh, I don't know who had it. I honestly don't remember. I don't think they're even with us anymore. Yeah. I, well, yeah. This, you guys must have been doing this behind my back. I don't remember ever doing this. Nah, we we were, you know, it was... No. It was... It was on the fun truck. The one that I burned my face off with. Oh. Yeah. Try to hold a space heater to your face as long as you can. And you see who can do it the longest. <laughs> I always won. I would win. <laughs> Kidding me? That is true. I would like hold it on my mother face. Mother of dragons. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of, I watched um, the first... The second one. The first two episodes, and the second one, you want to hear my thoughts? I'm sitting there without any spoilers. Yeah, go ahead. What I said to Enchantress was, this is like the Breakfast Club episode of Game of Thrones. It's my favorite one I've ever seen. It was fantastic. It and was really what, good. The worst thing that it did was made that previous episode that no one liked so much worse. Yeah, the the first one of the season was bad, but that one was good. It was did you get like my connotation with the Breakfast Club? No, yeah, absolutely. It was fantastic. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah. I'm like this is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that that and that's what it used to be about. Just people sitting around talking for long periods of time. Uh and drinking. I do yeah. Enchantress uses the line from uh Tyrion, is it? The little, um, yes. uh, yeah, Pete Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Um, I drink and I know things. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. So yeah, I watched. We watched. We're ex- excited for what? Six more to go, or four more to go? Four more to go. Four more to go. Well, one more at an hour, and then I think the last three are an hour and a half to two hours, somewhere in there. Oh, uh, okay. Then, uh, then you just start making movies. You're like, yeah. fuck it. Let's, 
So uh, the I, I uh, my sister read us at Easter the Reddit spoilers. If it's true, it's oh, that's don't stop. I don't even want to. I almost clicked on a link for uh, Infinity War today. Yeah, there's or uh, for uh, Endgame. We, we and I'm like no, we're I going. Will be a good boy. T- uh, so today's Tuesday. Uh, we're going in two. Not tomorrow's Wednesday. We're going Thursday at five o'clock to the fan event. You get like a coin, a commemorative coin. I think there's going to be cosplayers there, and we see it at five o'clock. It's before anyone else. So that aside from the the screeners that started, you know the the, mm-hmm. the press screenings and the yeah the shit. But I've been hearing good things. I will be going. I I just five ch- hours after you. I just checked. So. I'll I'll just be getting out of the theater when you're going in. Is it seriously that long? No, no, it's three hours fifty eight seconds. I still, I'm not gonna get out of there until like two in the morning. Yeah, we're going at five, and we're, we probably get out of there at like nine. So, um, I just checked Rotten Tomatoes for its its percentage, and it was mm-hmm. at ninety seven. So I was like, okay. I mean, who could not like it? It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and if if you just and where people like to shit on things, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. The biggest in, insult. Wow, I'm still. You need some tea with honey. It's allergy. See, I I have well, I have beer and coffee. Does that work? No, I think that's the opposite. Uh, Both well, of those dry you out. Well, then you're gonna have to suffer through with me, folks. Okay. Um, what. The biggest insult that people can throw at it was, it's just a fan film. They just gave you what the fans wanted. Oh, yeah, wanted. yeah. Fan service is what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. Well, a fan service yes. is what I fucking what want, okay? Yeah. This is a fanboy movie. Give us fan service. God damn it. I'm excited. So, yeah, uh, next week we'll be drooling and uh, uh, stuff to the gills with wonderful Avengers Endgame. Maybe I'll get on and do a YouTube review of it, like I did uh, New York Comic Con. Just post it up, hmm. just just to get content on that goddamn YouTube page. On YouTube. I have two full shows shot. I just have to finish <laughs> editing them both. Like like full involved shows. I, well, you were supposed to help me shoot the action figures in one day, but. You had a family. You didn't tell me you were doing it. You had a family to get home to. Oh, no, you had your taxes to do. You had to get your taxes. Yeah, I had to do my taxes. I did mine on my phone the day they were due. Boom. Mine are a little more complicated. He's got uh, offshore accounts, people. We just hold that. Well, is Maryland offshore? (laughs) Some parts are. I'll tell you what. uh, That's a good point. Tell you what. Those were some of the nicest people I ever talked to on the phone before. Oh. Maryland, yeah, very Maryland, pleasant. Marylandites. Yeah, yeah. She was so happy. She called me hun. Oh, yeah. So the biggest. I thing, felt like I was at a diner. I just didn't get coffee. We we talked last week about me watching that five minutes of leaked footage from Endgame. Oh yes. And I said to everyone, five minutes doesn't ruin a movie. You can't ruin a movie if I'm gonna like it. You know, it's not ruined for me. Uh, but like. They're talking about leaks. Uh, they keep putting up the don't spoil Endgame, like the Thanos demands your silence and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it kind of seems like this new thing, like not 
spoiling, you know, in the age of the internet, like the leaks and not spoiling. But in my research, it is not a new thing at all. And that starts <laughs> with our, my first pick. One of the best things that ever happened is about to happen again. The Empire Strikes Back. Han Solo is back. <laughs> Fuzzball. Princess Leia is back. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. I can arrange that. Yoda's back. In fact, the whole gang is back. Join me. The Empire Strikes Back for a special limited engagement. Rated PG. Wait for me! Now playing at a theater near you. Ah, The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode Five from 1980. I'm starting at the top end of the night, the 80s. Oh, are we? We're gonna like end up going in order almost. Yeah. Uh, so this uh, leaks were surrounding this movie apparently, and they were crazy intense. And uh, George Lucas was so determined uh, that the ending. Well, we're going to spoil movies here, people, that happened in the 80s. So Spoilers. If you, if you haven't seen any of these movies, like, uh, I would tune out right now because I'm going to We're talk. about to spoil something that happened three years before we were born. Yes. Two for me. Two for me. Uh, you're, you're getting up there. So. Uh, yeah, I am. So, and uh, he had the actor uh, who plays Darth Vader say on set... Obi-Wan killed your father. And, of course, it was later dubbed over by... Uh, mm, clever James girl. Earl Jones to say, I am your father. And apparently five people knew about the ending before the movie's release. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, it was Lucas, Ivan Kirshner, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, Mark Hamill, and James Earl Jones. Wow. And they only told Hamill right before they started shooting the scene. So, yeah, that lore was such a secret. So he was so worried about it leaking, he didn't want it to leak. And uh, he tried to That's do That's awesome. So and the, it paid off the, until Homer blew it for everyone. Yeah. The movie starts out uh, on the planet Hoth, off the frozen planet Hoth. So when mm. they're filming this, they're filming it on location in Norway. Uh, and the entire crew... How did they stay warm? Right. The entire crew was wearing these really awesome custom crew jackets. Uh, this past December, Columbia released a, 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 a replica of these jackets. I got my hands on one. You could watch me on our YouTube channel. Uh, just go to radyears.com, link to it, uh, unbox and dress up in one of these bastards. And they're, they're glorious. I actually wore this fucking thing out. You've witnessed it. I can't wait to see you wearing it all summer. <laughs> when uh, the when I take over that air conditioning. No, I'm put a lockbox over it. Uh, I know how to pick locks. I play video games. You turn the one dial the one way, and you roll the stick the other way, and then click pops right open. Uh, that's you're assuming I'm gonna buy your click your easy fifteen dollar lockbox. Oh uh, no, I'm a master like level fifty. Yeah, but I'm talking like thumbprint. I'll spend two hundred dollars to lock everyone out of that. All right, then I'll get the goddamn master key. I will come through the other side of the wall. I will cut. Oh, I the thought wall you were gonna cut my thumb it. off. And... <laughs> Which that that brings me up. I don't want to stray too far, but this thought popped in my head. 
in in TV shows, you know, in the episodes where they're locked in the room. Did mm-hmm. I bring this up before? Mm, like a bottle episode. Yeah. Okay. But and they're trapped and like they try like <clears throat> like kicking the door, and it, the it never works. You can't kick the door. Yeah. Why don't they just kick a hole through the damn drywall? It's just drywall. What if it's like cinder? Well, then they're fucked. But at least try it. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, drywall, you can really, you get you can easily get through drywall, but yeah, it's... or carry a sawzall with you at all times, like I do. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to Empire. Uh, so um, they uh, planet the frozen planet Hoth. Awesome scene. Those uh, at at Walkers. Uh, really cool stuff. Get then referenced in Captain America: Civil War. With uh, Spider-Man saying he saw this movie, his old movie called Star Wars, <laughs> could only happen because the Lord Master and uh, Tyrant Disney. And I'm trying. I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, how am I saying? Like the so, Kang and Krodos, yeah, uh, of Kronos of our galaxy. Yeah, controlling us all. Owns both Star Wars and Marvel. So oh, that... and they own Kang and Kronos. Oh yeah, they they own Kang and Kronos now. Yeah. Yeah, I I really really fucking hope I f- they're fu- this is how I I picture, and I I called this at, at, at as Infinity War and I was wrong, but this is how I picture the cutscene in in uh, Endgame. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. So it's it's them talking about they. I'm assuming they stop Thanos. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So them talking about stopping Thanos. And ending the biggest threat that we'll ever see. So what now? Cut to Galactus on his way to Earth. Super panned down from the, the atmosphere to New York City to, I think, 42nd Street. Panned down the building to the front entrance. It says Baxter Building. Fade to black. That's the Fantastic Force headquarters. Yeah, I, I, I know. I as soon as wouldn't that you've be been hoping for the Fantastic Four to pop up for the last twenty one movies? And uh, wouldn't that be fucking rad though? They have yeah, it, it as of cool. as of March twentieth. They officially can do it. They own them now. And you know, I like a lot of the X Men movies. I don't need them to really reboot X Men at this point in time, especially since there's another one coming out yet. Fair enough. But now, for me, if it's just it, it that it that can happen. Or it pans down and it's it's uh, you know, the mansion, and you and the door is open and you think it's gonna be like the X Men, but really Mickey just walks up and just gives a DX crotch chop and it goes to black. Yeah, well, I mean, he can't DX crotch chop. Cro- yeah, DX crotch chop. Must... They have the money. They'll pay Vince. They'll pay right. Pay me the money. Um, it's just that, that that image I find fulfilling. I don't know. What do you think and, about And this ending? is why, you know, I'm against... It, it makes me rethink my view on Star Wars. Because fuck the Rebels. If this is what the Galactic Empire is like... <laughs> yeah, if it was Destroy all the Alderons you want. If it wasn't for the Rebels, we would have had... Uh, I don't know. The, imagine the Marvel Universe the Emperor could have came up with, who's apparently still alive. Um, well, we'll find. He was, yeah, he was cackling. Yeah, he was cackling. No one ever dies. That's what they say. Yes, it's the the ultimate retcon. He's like, all right, well, if I got to retcon things from the last movie, 
Watch yeah. this. You know, back in 2012, I, mean, I could share this with you. Some random guy on Twitter said, Star Wars Episode Seven will be called The Rise of Skywalker. And he went, comma, Emperor Still Alive. 2012. Yes. I'm not lying. It happened. Guy tweeted it. It's not something made up. It's not a trick. It's not a parlor trick. It is the honest-to-God truth. Everyone's trying to like find out where the hell this guy came. Jason, our, our buddy at work, who got me the jacket. Uh, I paid for it, but he got it. He waited in line for me. He he shared this information, and you know Jason's not sharing fucking bullshit with me. No. Uh, so after uh, that awesome Planet Hoth stuff and the Wampa and the Tauntauns and crawling into it, uh, we get to um, Cloud City. Well, they, they head to Cloud City, but Luke... Uh, decides he's going to go off on his own and he goes and we meet one of the greatest characters of all time, the puppet version of Yoda done by Frank Oz. I love I love Yoda and Empire Strikes oh. Back. And I think that's one of the reasons if anybody gives, I, I like the last Jedi, but you don't have to defend your, your opinion. One of the main reasons I like the last Jedi is because there's puppet Yoda in it again. That was quite redeeming. I'm that not going to lie. That's... It was very fulfilling to see that. Yeah. Puppet Yoda is fantastic. And, and just the reveal of him, too. That little... Oh, it was just... Yeah. It was gorgeous. Um, um, if I might interject, though. Yeah. Uh, your trailer. Uh, it, it When it says, like, Han Solo is back. Uh, Luke Skywalker is back. Leia is back. Does it say Yoda is back? Ah, mm. oh, come on, computer. Fuzzball. Princess Leia is back. Arrange that. Yoda's back. In fact, the whole gang... Uh, this might be when it returned to theaters. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, limited engagement. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it was from 81, so I think it's when it came back to the theaters in 81. <clears throat> Oh, that'd be odd. That's well. There's, you know, it's already. You don't need to release movies back in the theaters a year after it's already been out. Yeah, now. but People back then it was it at home. There wasn't home, the home video market. Yeah, that's what you had to do. And and plus, Lucas didn't want anyone else to like. I mean, it's funny now that Disney owns it, but at the time, Lucas didn't want any studio uh, taking any of the creative from him. So he bankrolled mm-hmm. this movie, the whole eighteen million himself. Which is funny. Eighteen million is like a cheap movie now. Yeah. 18 million is like a joke. That's a commercial. That, that's an indie film. <laughs> Rare, like a real indie film. Like, oh, 18 million. <laughs> yeah. So 18, he financed 18 million himself. Um, and uh, it was paid off, I think, within three months. And then he actually gave like 5 million in bonuses to everybody, all his employees. Like way beyond the Hollywood norm at profit sharing. Oh, uh, yeah. So he, he, he knew. He knew in like 30 years from now, he's going to be just rolling in it. He's going to be full all on Scrooge McDuck, just diving in. He's given almost, he's, de- uh, he's pledged to give it all away. So, mm-hmm. well, he, he is a very, very genuine, sweet man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he made this movie for kids. He made people bitch about one, two, and three. They're made for kids. Yeah. Uh, 
Lucas was, and, and we're talking about Yoda. Lucas was so like in love with Frank Oz's performance. He spent a lot of money trying to get uh, Frank Oz an Oscar nomination for best supporting, uh, best supporting role. But uh, the Academy didn't feel a puppeteer was an actor. If that were today, that would absolutely happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, Andy Serkis has been nominated, right? Uh, yeah, but that's like a performance. It's not a puppeteer. But I think this is a performance too. But I guess it's absolutely. Yeah, and it it also has one of the best lines on Cloud City after they freeze Han Solo and Carbonite. Princess Leia says, "I love you," and his um, he was supposed to say, "Just remember that, Leia." Just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. I can't deliver. I'm not an act. I'm no Harrison Ford. Or just remember. Well, he didn't think he could deliver it either. Right. Uh, so all he did, uh, and also he didn't, well, he didn't think he was going to come back for the third movie. Oh. So he didn't want to say it. He didn't want to, like, like, tie himself to anything. So all he said was, I know. It was just ad-libbed. And uh, it's one of the most famous like love lines. There's so much mm-hmm. merch and stuff. I've got Enchantress's necklace that says one says I love you, the other says I know. It's two two little Aww. charms. Yeah. Aww. It's a nice piece. Uh so yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. This is uh, everyone's favorite Star Wars movies, Empire Strikes Back, right? I think so. I think it's almost mandatory that the uh... my favorite is A New Hope, but it's like it's <laughs> It goes hand in hand. I love them both. I love all. I love. I love them all. Yeah, like I said, I actually and I like New Hope after the um, <clears throat> digital um, what they call it? the uh, digital special route. edition. Yeah, special edition. Yeah, yeah I I kind of like New Hope with that. Just those extra little touches, you know, the extra couple shots at the you know, in the. Death Star trench scene at the end, the, the Jabba the Hutt scene with uh, Han stepping on his tail. <laughs> yeah, and that whole, and then watching the behind the scenes featurette over and over again, how they had to like, like digitally like pop Han up Han, and over the up, figure yeah. out how to go around yeah. his tail. And that reminds me, that's when that was on VHS, so you'd have to watch the movie. Like now, you just throw in. Well, now you don't even throw in a DVD. Um, yeah, how do they do special features now? If everything's going to be streaming now, who's going to... Uh, like, when you buy a movie off Apple, it all comes with it. I watch, oh, I, yeah. still, I still watch it all the time, yeah. So when you buy a movie with from Apple, um, you get the whole thing. It's like, when you hit play, it gives you, like, a whole DVD-type menu. So you get the whole kit and caboodle. I don't buy... Yeah. I, 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 watch, just... I watched all the Jurassic World <laughs> ones. I... <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I'll just hunt them down on YouTube. And most, or... yeah, most of them go on YouTube anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when you when you'd have to like fast forward to the end of the VHS tape <clears throat> to watch the uh, the the special features at the end. Yeah. It's, it's a great movie. Started kicked off the '80s with a with a bang. Uh, even though George. Lucas originally called it the worst Star Wars movies and apologized for his existence. George. And then he found out that everyone loved it and changed his mind. Oh. It's also the movie, uh, the first six he had the least involvement with. 
Thank you, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, and Erwin Kirshner. So, uh, yeah, that's my first pick. Empire Strikes Back. Starting with Star Wars. And we're sticking with our boy, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Now, the creators of Jaws and Star Wars bring you... Indiana Jones. A totally modern hero. Trust me. And the new age of adventure. From the jungles of Peru to the streets of Cairo, from the greed of the pharaohs to the wrath of God, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Wake PG. Opens June 12th at a theater near you. Check local newspapers. Ah, uh, I mean, all right. <clears throat> I'm going to pitch you something. Okay. I'm not even going to pitch you the idea for the movie. I'm just going to pitch you this. Okay. Don't. Don't screw up anything, because we can't make any edits with the song playing underneath us. Okay, I'll try not to screw up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you $18 million. $18 million. Yes, the budget eight, of... $18 million in, in 1980. The budget of Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Uh, and with it, you get uh, Steven Spielberg. Okay. Uh, George Lucas. Okay. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan. Okay. Uh, also, you'll ha- also have Frank Marshall there to produce it. Okay. Uh, you're going to star Harrison Ford. He will take his shirt off. Oh. And John Williams will do the score. Uh, well, I hope... Will you make my movie? I hope it's 1980 and not 2019, because the movie would suck if it was all those people <laughs> were involved in it in 2019. Especially because I think Kathleen Kennedy was also a producer on this. And she's like the bane of the Star Wars fanboy's existence. Uh, but but if you're talking 1980, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I will make your movie. <clears throat> but if we're talking like uh, 19 or 2019, no. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's 19. It's 1980. Uh, so... Lucas gets the credit here because it was him and um, Philip Kaufman who did uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <clears throat> They're the ones that even they came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just gave it to their buddy Steve, who then ran with it. Yeah, he was, uh, it was uh, George Lucas's big fluffy dog was Indy, Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, as was uh, uh, Indy's dog, as it turns out, you find out in uh, in uh, Last Crusade, uh, was the dog's name. Yeah. Dog named Indiana. Right. You're named after the dog. <laughs> um, so the, the running gag of this movie is nothing would change if Indiana Jones had nothing to do with it. So what do you mean? Because the the thought is that the Nazis, if they just found it on their own, they would open it up and all be wiped out by the Ark right. at the end, and that would be it. Right. The only difference being that because Indy was there, it ends up in the warehouse, uh, you know, back in the States eventually. Right, the same um, warehouse which where... Which great and great awesome ending scene. Spoilers. Yeah, the same warehouse that uh, he gets blown out of the fridge... He hides in the fridge, right? And I believe so. Crystal Skull. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not. Movie. Let's not. Let's not. Let's stop. Let's. 
pretend that never happened. Yeah. Uh, the the monkey swinging on the vine thing just doesn't doesn't work. The aliens, Squeezer. Uh, the aliens. Ah, uh, just uh, I don't know. Anywho, um, yeah. So it, it, it's such a satisfying. Hey, Steve, I got a good idea for our fourth movie. <laughs> We're gonna do yeah, it. You were right in two thousand. When did that come out? Two thousand eight or seven. Eight, or eight nine. Eight, yeah. yeah. All right. So forget two thousand nineteen. It not working. Forget two thousand eight. Um, and also, it was also the way it was shot. It was just very. Um, God, it looked like it was on a damn camcorder. Yeah. Um, it was early Spielberg. Jaws. No, I'm. I meant. I meant. Uh, Crystal Skull looked like it was shot. Just oh, because it was very fake looking. Very fake looking. Yeah. Depth of field was but just not. He, but I was I, not having it. I do like the way uh, Raiders was shot. It's very early Spielbergian with like. Oh yeah. Kind of how Jaws was like. Mm-hmm. Um, the the reveal, uh, like one of my favorite shots is him in, in the very beginning when. Uh, when they're in the temple in Peru and he turns and it reveals like his startled face and like then the face through the with the spikes through it. Right. And it's just that camera movement, that motion kind of sums up the entire, like the whole, <clears throat> the whole trilogy pretty much in that sense. Um, <clears throat> and it's almost like this is when, when you think about it, it's like its own genre. You know, yeah, it's an adventure film, but like Indiana Jones, it's it's its own thing. You know, I really think they should treat Indiana Jones now how they treat James Bond. Like they shouldn't have made Crystal Skull, but like they should redo it. And everyone says uh, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec, uh, what Chris Pratt would be. I think he'd be great Indiana Jones, don't you? Oh yeah, I thought I thought that's been going around for a while, and people are like where. Why isn't this happening? Yeah, or even the no, Rock. He'd be fantastic. The Rock, I think, would. Yeah, well, he's and he's kind of doing it with his Jumanji thing. Yeah, or I feel like Chris Chris Pratt's almost doing it with. I, I almost watching, uh, like lot like Jurassic World. Yeah, <clears> like Indiana he's Jones. channeling a very Indiana Jones ish right. vibe there. Uh, Ild- Idris Elba, I could see being Indiana Jones. Well, it's just because everyone wants him to be James Bond. I don't know. I think he'd be a better Indiana Jones than James Bond. He's funny. Like, he was on The Office, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I could see. I just, I don't know if I want another... Maybe it doesn't have to be Indiana Jones. No, I, I don't know why it but can't be But maybe it Indiana could just Jones. be in, in just movies in this vein. Why can't it be Indiana Jones? Because it hasn't been done yet when it's not where it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah, but like James Bond, James Bond in hindsight is easy now because we've had so many over the years. Yeah, but I'm sure people thought the same thing when they went from the first guy to the next guy and then directly to the next guy, you know? There, I'm sure there were some people that were, I was, wasn't alive yet. Um, there wasn't. Where were all the people outraged that uh, Tobey Maguire wasn't going to reprise the role for a fourth time? Right, and Batman, too. Yeah, but Batman wears a mask. 
It, it almost it, my only it's where I I see it as like almost like Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones are kind of like the same person. He embodies them. Yeah. And and Ford's even gone on to say how much he felt like he felt like he was more Indiana Jones than he was Han Solo. He did not enjoy playing the Han Solo character. He loved being Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I get that. He he does a better job, I think, with Indy than Han Solo, maybe. But um, I just, I, don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would I would take my money. You know, I I will get one of those you know Snoop Dogg dollar bill guns and walk right up to the ticket booth and just you know. If they do, I, I'm not gonna see another one. If they do Harrison Ford, I have no interest in seeing that. Uh, Actually, I will. I'll see it, but just don't uh, you, do it. You'll see it. But... Don't do it. You could find um, another actor to play that role. I don't. I. I Chris mean, look Pratt at the backlash be... from Ghostbusters, Chris... and they didn't even actually physically replace those characters. Right, but Chris Pratt would be fantastic. Come on. I'll yeah. Even if they, I have... think that's the only way you get away with it. Even if they have. Like Harrison Ford started off like in a museum, like teaching a class or something like that, and being like, "I remember," and then come cutting back to him, like the Young Adventures of Indiana Jones, you know. But yeah, well, that's true. We have had another Indiana Jones. Uh, River Phoenix River was Phoenix and was Indiana Jones. The first indie movie you talked about on the show. We spent a lot of time on that one too. Did I on uh, on uh... the Last Crusade? Last Crusade? Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite one. It's my, everyone's favorite. Yeah, it's everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, Raiders, is it's a little on the slower side, you got to admit. Yeah. And there aren't as many set pieces. Right. Um, Temple of Doom, I like Temple of Doom. A lot of people shit on it, but I do like it. You know what? It, cause I, you shit on it because it was sandwiched between two just perfect films. Um, the Temple of Doom is good. And, and Crystal Skull, you know, helped its case. Yeah. Uh, it's not the worst Indiana Jones film now. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Ra- Raiders, though, I mean, it did give us the brutal, uh, you know, the airport scene or the air pad scene. Yeah. Where a guy gets chopped up in the propeller and it's just, a- as a kid, you're like, wow, like that was huge. And this was PG, you know. Um, but it's just, and, and, there, the the famous scene of the uh, what was supposed to be the duel in the street, the sword fight. Yeah. And he he the the guy goes through all his motions and, you know they were supposed to actually fight, right? Right. But he uh, um, he decided, Harrison Ford was sick that day. Right. So he just did the, the, the and so which made one of the them. best movies best movie scenes ever. And Does you this. could almost say that was out of character for indie. No, I, I, people have said that too, but I, I, I think how is it, it out of character? character? Like that's it was, was going to get in a sword fight with this guy. That's our introduction to Indian. Like how is it out of yeah. character? Uh, yeah, exactly. If you would have seen exactly. him sword fight, then in two or three, you would have said that's out of character. He should shoot the motherfucker. Yeah, um, even to see him sword fight, like he does not a sword fight, you know, but he's got a gun on his hip, so. Um. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's really one of my favorite, just um, not not just as a movie, but the the idea behind it. It's the same reason why I like westerns. Um, 
And whereas a kid, you know, kids, you know, generation before us, you know, the big thing or two would be like Cowboys and Indians and stuff like that. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark had, you know, Indiana Jones throughout, you know, the 80s and in the 90s. They had action figures. But it wasn't, you know, Batman, Star Wars. Yeah, the action figures really never took off. It never took off. And you didn't need them to because, and and the, you were all in on the uh, like the role play stuff. Indiana Jones is one of those go to. You didn't need much, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all you needed was a hat and a jump jump rope, and you can go out and you were Indiana Jones. And you can't tell me that anyone listening to this show at some point didn't take a jump rope or something similar. Throw it up, whip it around something, and pretend that you are swinging. No, I mean I constantly did. Uh, yeah. We do the thing where the uh, grabbing the bag and swapping it out with uh, something else. You know, oh yeah. Like, oh, I used yeah, I used to do that all the time in my grandparents' basement, sliding under our garage door. <laughs> Yeah. Like oh, I still yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see that. Wow. Well, yeah, because they put those goddamn sensors up now. No, nah, I mean, I just Bunch like. Of... I'd like to... Oh, me sliding under the garage door. No, and that's not a bad joke. Just, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's just a matter of being spry and athletic. I am quite spry for a large man. I'm like the Samoa Joe of podcasting. I. He's a, a, a WWF wrestler, right? Yes. I know. I only know that he is because he was the action figure I didn't buy from the latest Mattel retro line. Ah, got everyone else, but uh, Samoa Joe. I wanted Gold Dust and uh, Macho Man. And you got him. I got him. They're in my possession. Not even out yet. I have them. And those are series. I think ten or nine. Series 8 isn't even out yet. Series seven's in the stores. You can't find them anywhere. There was tons of them at that Walmart that day. You and I went. Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. No, there's none. There's none. Great pick, Squeeze. Thanks. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, and wasn't it, wasn't it, uh, we talked about this earlier in the show, uh, uh, E-Rock ha- actually got to swing on the, rope that they filmed that oh scene yeah, at, right? yeah 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 i gotta post that um that video he told me i could on the on our website yeah that was actually pretty cool to see that's something like i would oh yeah you go in like you know there's been people there that go in like full regalia to do it and the locals just roll their eyes <laughs> yeah it's like you really don't need anything but khakis a leather jacket and a, a fedora yeah oh yeah. no i don't do it um, i also want to apologize he he called me out me uh shitting on connecticut again and yeah. i didn't even mean to i just kind of did it yeah you really came look, out I, connecticut look i've been through new england I mean, here's the problem i think you're i've actually this... been in the new england and been in every state in new england um like on foot connecticut i think i just drove through the whole thing i'm and i'm sure it's beautiful and i'm not counting um rhode island because that doesn't count because it's like delaware but over there um so, you know, I've been to all of New England except for, you know, the place where Family Guy takes place. But 
I will at next time I'm up there, I will get out of the car in Connecticut and take in some of your fine cuisine at one of your numerous rest stops. <laughs> numerous rest stops. And uh I'm sure not next year, but uh in the following years you and I will be making a road trip up to some upstate town where uh we'll be doing ice hockey in the middle of January. Are we're going to California next year? That's not next next year is California, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, next year. California. I'll be like the little yeah, I don't think it's happening. autistic brother and you could be uh Kevin Arnold and we could go see those dinosaurs <laughs> before we play the Nintendo tournament. <laughs> it's pretty much how it would play out. <laughs> pretty much. All right, here's my next pick. One of the funniest films of the year. I laugh my head off. Sneak previews. It's gratifying, raunchy, and uproarious. The Nerds Triumph. Los Angeles Times. It's really, really funny. I was rolling on the floor, as did all the other members of the audience. KHJTV Los Angeles. And USA Today says, this is great stuff. Three cheers for nerds. I drink to that. Revenge of the Nerds. Rated R. Check newspapers for theaters. I love Revenge of the Nerds. And all its horrible sequels. <laughs> uh, the first one, though, sets the tone. Uh, we get our two main nerds heading to school for the first time with uh, their dad. One of their dads. They're not brothers. Um, so we get Lewis, Skolnick, Skolnick, and uh, Gilbert. And uh, Gilbert's dad's driving the school in the family station wagon. And um, they're cast out of their dorm because the football team, the freshman dorm, because the football team's uh, frat house burned down. So they're forced to live in the gym. Uh, so these nerds go off and they try and find a, uh, a place to live and they, they fix it up. But then in the meantime, they create some sort of uh, rivalry with the, the, the alpha beta boys, the jocks and John Goodman's in this. And if Ted McGinley plays Dan Gable, oh. I'm, I'm assuming it, it clear. Ted McGinley is the head. You never saw your this? favorite, but no, no, no. I'm saying, is he like your favorite character throughout the? No, I'm, I I associate with Lewis and Gilbert. Okay. All right. Well, well, no, I get associate, but like at the same time, I don't associate anything, um, with, with Coach Harris. But John Goodman's like my favorite character in the whole movie. But why would it's uh, just because I'm a John Goodman fan? Why would uh, Ted McGinley be my favorite character? I don't know. Nah, he's a he's the jerk. I know. He's a he's a cuck as they call it because his <laughs> girlfriend gets raped. By yeah, Lewis. and we kind of just laugh it off. We laugh it off, and she laughs it off too. She's like, "Oh, you're that <laughs> nerd with the giant nerd dong." You got me. You got me. Let's keep, let's go again. Yeah, yeah. When you pretend to be another guy and have sex with a girl, yeah. I know this. I know that uh, guy who got all pissed off and left a comment on YouTube is going to be pissed, and I'm being PC and playing the. Whatever. That's not being PC yeah, no. <laughs> legally. That was straight up rape. Uh, so there's a couple. Uh, Larry B. Scott plays Lamar in the movie, who's a homosexual black man, and he showed up uh, to the audition with glitter in his hair. And I guess that really got him to part. But the problem was he was kind of typecast and everyone really thought he was gay in real life. 
So he like overcompensated his, uh, to be more masculine. So people wouldn't think he was gay. And he actually uh, was in Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid. He was also oh. in Space Camp and uh, Extreme Prejudice. Uh, Curtis Armstrong didn't want to play Booger, uh, but thank God he did because he's fucking hysterical in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Gibb had to shave his beard for the role of Ogre because it made him look too old. Uh, but he later had a beard another. But he was a great character. There's so many great characters. This movie's so great. Oh, yeah. The nerds win. Uh, of course, because why not? Nerds win at everything. Uh, Ted McGinley turned down the role of Ryko in Bachelor Party to play this role. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. The best. Who'd have, who'd have thought that at some point Gilbert would go on to be Dr. Green on one of the most highly touted you know, ER. TV dramas of all time? And... Uh, Lewis's brother would die hanging from autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, that's right. They're brothers? Yeah, David Carradine's Robert's brother. Oh, shit. Yeah. Also, he's Bill. I actually, I'm siding with the family on that one. What what was the family side? Uh, That it was the Yakuza. Oh, probably. But, uh, you know, you know, who knows? Also, didn't uh, Curtis Armstrong win an, an Oscar? Or was nominated for one for uh, fucking what's that movie uh, about uh, the singer who's blind? I can't think of it. Ray. Ray. That's it. I don't know if he won. He was in Ray. Uh, but yeah, Curtis Armstrong had a career. Hmm. He made something of himself. He's still doing movies. He plays Snotten, American Dad, kind of a character played uh, named after Booger, one of the friends. Uh, who else won in that movie? Oh, oh T- Ted McGinley, married with children. Stop no selling my comments. I'm, you got. Oh no, sorry, I was. I was looking up your Curtis Armstrong thing, and then I got lost in the Ray page, and I was getting confused uh, why certain actors were in Revenge of the Nerds that uh, I, I didn't recall. He was in it. He was in Ray, right? So, Yeah, but Richard Schiff is not. Why Eddie is- from Jurassic uh, Lost World is not in it. He was in Ray, though. But I didn't say he wasn't. I know, but I I ended up on the on, oh, okay, on the page so for Ray right, right. while I was looking up your Curtis Armstrong stuff. Uh, of course, John Goodman, a huge star. Um, and uh, yeah, they all went on to make plenty of Revenge of the Nerds movies. Nerd, uh, Nerds in Paradise was two, uh, The Next Generation, and then Nerds in Love was the last of the Revenge of the Nerds movies. I'm a fan. I celebrate the entire catalog, Squeezer. <laughs> I really oh, do. And, and let's not forget, uh, Timothy Bushfeld did go on to uh, his roles in West Wing. And, oh, Poindexter's uh, in West Wing? Yeah, Timothy Bushfeld? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's the he's the reporter. I'm trying to. Oh man, big red head of hair. Yeah, Danny. Oh, oh. He was also the uh, director on uh, Studio Sixty. Oh, both. Uh... Sorkin. Uh, Sorkin. Sorkin projects. Yep. Vehicles, as they call it. And... I'm not in the biz. <laughs> uh, yeah. So great movie, and uh, if you have never seen Revenge of the Nerds and you're a fan of '80s movies, do yourself a favor and uh, check it out. But yeah. the uh, talent show alone is worth the. It's like the pinnacle of it. I love the panty raid scene when they illegally <laughs> put cameras all over the sorority house so they could voyeur on naked girls that's like assault <laughs> again yes they would yeah, all they... be in prison it, it, it's funny because the jocks are the bad guys right but what the nerds do it's horrifying. is horrifying everything they do is is felony plus right it's horrifying and uh i like say t- like, call me whatever names you want but if that happened if they were caught doing that in 2019 like they would be like, if they were caught doing that in 1980, 84, probably, yeah, they, they, they be should be going to jail. Prison, but in 2019, there would have to be like uh, therapy groups to get people over how traumatized they'd be. Well, there's still plenty of time left. We could we could work on getting this banned. Yeah. All right. Instead, it it should be you know in the national archives. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great movie. Uh, speaking of great, uh, let's move on to your next pick there, Hanson. Just want to serve my country, be the best fighter pilot in Navy, sir. Look, man, I know it's tough for you. you had to go into battle, would you want him with you? Just don't know. Is that why you're always second best up there? You are direct, aren't you? It's not your flying, it's your attitude. You're the only family I've got. I'm not gonna let you down. Tom Cruise. Top Gun, rated PG. Look how we're transitioning. Yeah. Using actors in our films. Yeah. I just I just realized that because Anthony Edwards plays Goose. Oh, Goose. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah, it's two now. And you were like, oh, he's going to go on to ER or the movie that I'm talking about next. <laughs> you and I, speaking of that road trip to Canada, through Connecticut, you and I on the way back from that trip came up with a oh, whole yes. uh, reboot of, of um, Top Gun, but it takes place with snow, snowplow drivers. Yes, because you got to clear the white. Clear the white. <laughs> but there's still plenty of uh, gratuitous homosexual uh, overtones and uh, windmill high fives. Yes, the best part about it was that this wasn't something like we just did right there and we were done with it. It was literally a four-hour experience of breaking this down and blasting highway to the danger zone while wearing my yeah. hat backwards yeah. and reclining my seat. Meanwhile, a pregnant woman sat quite irritated for those right. four hours yeah. in the back. Yeah, we didn't stop. It kept like with every state we drive through, we kept at, like upping the yeah. ante, and I'd and, come and up with. There's you. that point where jokes, it's not funny anymore, and then it becomes funny again. Yeah, that happened multiple that, times. That happened a lot. Yeah, we kept we, we kept coming back around, so yeah, we had to keep it going. We were, we were very very bored. Yeah. Um, Except through um, when we were in Connecticut. That was exhilarating. Um, 
So Top Gun is a story of a young man who's in love with the most beautiful person in the world. And that person is played by Val Kilmer. Um, <laughs> you a oh, hi, Schmuffin. Hi, Schmuffin. Oh, you heard me talking about Uncle Val, huh? Yeah, she yeah he was a Val. beefcake. Uh, uh, the only man I get compared to. I mean, there's others. I get others, but no, no more than no more and no more creepily. Were you with me at the toy fair, toy con, New Jersey, when the the vendor pointed at, or was that Dan? Uh, He's like, we got our own Val Kilmer here. It might have been. Oh, it's I, yeah, I like to see as like Val Kilmer in in Tombstone. Yeah, it's always men who want to say I look like old men want to tell me I look like Val Kilmer. <laughs> well, I mean. You should just walk around just singing, playing with the boys. and Yeah, windmill high-fiving. Uh, I have this uh, Enchantress's brother-in-law, Eddie, drew me this picture for Christmas. It's me as Val Kilmer's Batman, but also as Thanos in the Batman costume. I got to Instagram this picture. <laughs> it's it's me as Thanos, but as Val Kilmer as Batman, because he calls me Iceman. And for her one birthday party last year, he had an Iceman uh, tank top that he wore just in tribute to me. Ah, oh. looking like Iceman, you know, another nice. man, another man thinking I look like Val Kilmer. That's <laughs> what I got going for me. Uh, all right, uh, okay, continue. He's in love with Val Kilmer. I get that. He's in love with Val Kilmer. All right, so it's, I, I don't know who they're fighting. It was always a question like, who are they fighting in this movie? Are we at war with the Russians in this case? Um, or is it the Koreans? I don't think or, they're, they're but, just at Top Gun school. Yeah, but at some point at the end, though, they do engage in combat and shoot down planes. That that's just your everyday, you know, it's uh, your everyday, Cobra. you know, air engagement. Right, yeah. it happens all the time. Right. God forbid a plane uh-huh. flies near a fucking other country; it makes headlines. Yeah. Um, this movie, it, it's funny because I. I went through, there were a couple trailers I was going to go with, and I was debating if I was going to go with this one, which is a pretty much like, this is Top Gun. And I, I pick that for all the people that haven't seen Top Gun that are listening to a show about nostalgia. Um, you pick or the one with a bunch of lines that add up to nothing. Yes. Or <laughs> there's one, speaking of lines adding up to nothing, <clears throat> there's a trailer, a TV spot. It's on YouTube. Just look up Top Gun TV spot, and you'll find that one of these. Um, and it's <clears throat> just Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis and all their scenes and all their little <clears throat> like lovely banter and dialogue back and forth mm-hmm. with like a romantic bed underneath. And it just goes Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, like it, it completely you would have no idea that there is a single plane in this movie. There's well, no I mean... fighter jets, no goose getting killed, no even uh Isley brother. No, there's no Michael Ironside or uh, Tom Skerritt. I mean, if the, if I'm to make a romance movie, I'm putting Tom Skerritt in it because he's just you know dreamy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's uh, it, it's funny because this movie really isn't. It's not an action movie, but yet we treat it as one. You know, there's some intense like fights, fighter pilot scenes, and uh, and uh, you know flight and uh, air combat scenes and stuff. And the thing was, we didn't have a lot of legitimate ones that really looked good back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was it. 
Uh, and even for the longest time after that, there wasn't much. Like until like Independence Day came along, I would say there wasn't even more. Uh, like th- that was really like a big, you know, dogfight kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, they're really expensive to shoot. That's why. And you gotta have those clouds moving. Yeah. Um, so you can see how fast they're going. And, and and you have to keep pulling up by pushing down on the D-pad, um, yes. or up on the D-pad, or I don't know. I or always you, or you get that like force touch controller thing. Yeah. That's why I I always wanted to see if I could just buzz the tower in that, but it didn't matter. I would just crash in. Um, I I, I adored this movie as a kid, and I don't know how I sat through so much of it because it really is, it it's a slow movie, and it is a it's a romance film, you know. Um, at the same time, you you get the the musical numbers and stuff. I mean, uh. Love and feeling is don't you know? Don't tell me some of you guys out there haven't done that with your friends. Come on, I know I do. I do it at home. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't. Um. Don't. What are you talking about? That made me feel weird. Oh, take my breath away was big. I'm dum, just going to change dum, the subject dum, now. Dum. I mean, even I, I'm not going to lie. I get a little misty eyed. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Why did, uh, why did you, what did you do during the take my, uh, you lost the love. Last time I watched Top Gun, it was like 80% drunk while Enchantress and her friend were a hundred percent passed out and they wanted to watch it. I wound up staying and watching the whole movie, but that was like a year and a half ago. That's how I was with uh, Dirty Dancing a while back. Um, Actually, no, I wasn't even drinking to that, and I was quite surprised. I was like, hi, I made it through this entire movie, and I wasn't drinking. What's the take my What's the Berlin take my breath away scene? Uh, it just it play there's it plays throughout. There are a couple scenes. Yeah, it's yeah, but it's just like that's their you know the. Oh, you lost that love. No, you lost that love and feeling. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah. What? What's yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's when they're all singing in the in the, in the bar. Oh, playing on the right, right, right. That's and it's been. It, if you've been to a wedding, you you've seen a bunch of drunk assholes. Right. In in half loosened ties. I confused because we did the jukebox with "Take My Breath Away" when, in our movie, and I was getting confused for a second. Ah. Uh, the love theme, um, take my breath away, is the love theme that plays throughout. Yes. Whenever they're licking each other's tongues. Um, it's a weird thing. And, and it's amazing that they were able to do all of this on to what today would be $35 million. Yeah, they did a lot. Looked good, too. Yeah. Well, it was a $15 million movie, but... You know, by today's money, kind of sure. double that and yeah. a little more. But I mean, what, what if you made Top Gun now? You're looking at what three hundred? Well, at least easily on marketing alone. Eh, fair enough on Tom Cruise's salary alone. Yeah, yeah you can couldn't even play make Top yeah. Gun for thirty-five million today. But what scene in, having Tom Cruise in it? What scene are you going to put in it where he's running really fast? Uh, he doesn't have a motorcycle anymore. Oh, so he's just running. He's actually he's actually racing the jet on foot. Oh, okay. And pumping his fist. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find out because uh, making a it, sequel, right? there's a sequel on the way. Um, they actually have been they it's in production. It's going to come out uh, uh, roughly a year from now. Wow. Uh, June 26, 2020 is a release date. So, so think about that. In next in the summer of 2020, we will have Top Gun and Ghostbusters. Man, it's uh, 80s coming. How's that? How is that for uh, milk and the nostalgia teat? I love it. I'm not going to complain. No. And I will. I will go see it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I have to. Enchantress's family's both Navy. Her stepdad was a fighter pilot. Flew uh, Tomcats. Ah. So they're very much into that movie. And me too. Um. Okay, uh, here's my next pick. Uh, if, without further ado. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. When two ghosts can't talk the living into leaving their house. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? They call the ghost... Beetlejuice! ...with the most. Yeah! Can you be scary? What do you think of this? This is amazing. Michael Keaton is a ghost called Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Rated PG. Sneak preview Saturday, March 26th. The ghost with the most Beetlejuice from 1988. The movie that made me scared of covered bridges for years. <laughs> That's not good in your neighborhood. No, they're everywhere. And I thought I was going to drive off one and die and then live in the land of sandworms. Dune. Uh, Michael Keaton's favorite film. Michael Keaton is brilliant as Beetlejuice. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just a couple die on the cover bridge and they go back to the house and this couple moves in, but they can't haunt them. So, you know, they get help from the Beetlejuice. And uh, he's a ghost with the most. And uh, they say, I think he ad libbed like a lot of the movie, Michael Keaton. Really? Yeah. Because he's brilliant throughout it. He is brilliant. And they keep talking about doing a sequel to it. I think it was supposed to be called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian or something like that. That sounds like that title alone just says direct to video. <laughs> That's how the second uh, Christmas Vacation was, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Hawaiian Vacation or something like that. Yeah. And they, yeah. It's we'll just. <sighs> There's so many like great little touches to this movie. From like like when they go into the waiting room and all the dead people, the shrunken head people, like mm-hmm. all the Beetlejuice stuff and like the this like shrinking down and like, like and then like zooming into the where the little like train set area that Beetlejuice lives in. Mm-hmm. Um, great great movie and uh, spun off into kids loved it. It was my sis, little sister's four years younger than me's favorite movie. She was born in 86. So she was like three loving this fucking movie. And uh, they, they spun it off into a cartoon with Beetlejuice and Lydia. Uh, a toy line. There was a complete toy line. Uh, Beetlejuice, like back in the day, uh, since a Burger King uh, Bur- toys. Burger King toys. Horror movies were so campy and mainstream that like even Freddy had a Matchbox doll and Matchbox toys. Uh, there, you know, it was the thing to do. And, but uh, Beetlejuice was huge. Uh, so yeah, I, I, this movie, uh, is, is really funny, really uh, touching and uh, great performances by some like big actors who are seeing resurgence 
in uh, the 2010s, Alec Baldwin, um, of course, Michael Keaton, who saw his resurgence and uh, was in... And this was one of Winona Ryder's first... And, it was like our first big role. Right. right? Well, I think... Did this come first? Yes, this came before Johnny... Uh, Edward Scissorhands, right? No, this came yes. after. Was no, Edward Scissorhands was, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Winona Ryder... Um, no, Heathers came before this, I think. Hold on. Uh, I got to be 100% positive. Came out the same year. Same year. Oh, yeah. Heathers and Beetlejuice. Those were the two movies I made. And then Edward Scissorhands. And she was like the um, queen of the 90s, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, Winona Ryder with Stranger Things. Um, and it has the F word in it in the PG-13 era. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But so does Spaceballs. It, that's... So does Big, so does Caddyshack too, and so does Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Um oh no, a word. Oh no. Yeah, I like it. You you can you can throw in some pretty gratuitous violence and still keep your PG thirteen rating. I think it was well, you P- drop one F bomb in now and forget it. It was uh it was PG. I'm sorry, PG. Very PG. Was it? Yeah. I always felt like it should be PG thirteen. I know, it was, like it's 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 not a kids movie. No, but my little sister loved. It. I loved it. I, yeah, and no, I I loved it too. In that I'm a scaredy cat kind of way, but I still well, it's because Michael Keaton was so damn charming. But he's a, he's only in the movie for seventeen minutes. Wait, is he really? Yeah, that's um, that's like ba- like in baseball, the ball's in play for like twelve minutes the entire game. Right. Well, in Jurassic Park, the, there's only like 15 CGI minutes of dinosaurs. Wow. Yeah, Beetlejuice is only in the movie 17 minutes. He doesn't appear till almost a half hour into the movie. And he only spent two weeks filming his role. That's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the, the impact that that character had when you think about it, that's 17 minutes and, and just years of, uh, what do I say? Just like n- nostalgia that built off of it, you know? So think about like, you know, what Michael Keaton did with that role in that little bit of time is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. He chewed out the scenery when he was in it. Uh, of course the title character is named after, uh, the bright red star, in the constellation of Orion, Beetlejuice, spelled B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E. But uh, they renamed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. If you never saw Beetlejuice, uh, definitely check it out and uh, get your bingo cards ready because uh, John Peters... <laughs> Uh, the famous <laughs> producing group, John Peters and Peter Gruber, uh, who were documented in the book, Hit and Run, thought uh, wanted to cast Sam Kinison as Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's really big into that. He was a producer. On yeah, and and that's also the, the sad part about that is, too, that, was, that would have been at the time when, like, Sam Kinison, like, he hit his high watermark. 
Like, he did his thing. He did his HBO special. And at this point now, he's like, oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, right. I know. I know. He he wasn't and, into it. And I couldn't. You, you could imagine, like, having Michael Keaton on set and having Sam Kinison on set, like, what that production would have been like. Well, he wouldn't have Michael Keaton because Sam Kinison would have been Beetlejuice. No, no. That's what, that's what I'm saying. The difference. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the difference that you that exists there well, that Michael would have been. Keaton did and it. I love Sam Kinison. Yeah, I, I do too. Michael Keaton didn't want to do the role because he, did, he didn't think it was like, he thought it was stupid. And then he met Tim Burton and saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure and that sold him. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Beetlejuice uh, and John, P- if it wasn't for Beetlejuice and John Peters and Tim Burton, we would have never had 1989 Batman. So did he, uh, let me look that up real quick. Yeah, so I'm assuming, like, cause he, and he did a few other things, though, but he pretty much went right in from doing Beetlejuice with Tim Burton right into Batman. Yes, that was Burton's next film. <clears throat> what was Clean and Sober? Uh, so, great movie. Um, Absolutely. Heather uh, Langenkamp was considered for a role of Lydia, but... Uh, she didn't want to play a goth girl. Uh, who's Heather Lang? Who's from that? Nightmare on Elm Street. And oh, okay. So Heather Langenkamp, it's funny. It comes full circle with her and uh, Tim Burton. She passed on the role of Olivia in Beetlejuice because she didn't want to play a goth girl. But she did star in a, something related to Tim Burton in Batman 89. She wasn't in the movie. Uh, she was not Vicki Vale. But when you went to see the movie in the theaters in 89, you got this little pamphlet. It was like a little catalog that sold merch for the movie. A lot of cool stuff. This awesome jacket with Joker and Batman on it that I want. But (laughs) she played the model modeling the the official 89 Batman biker shorts and biker tank top. And she's staring lovingly across the pamphlet at the guy wearing the Joker Batman jacket. So, yeah. Oh, so you could have been in a Beetlejuice movie, turned it down. Instead, you're in the handout pamphlet. Sorry, Winona. Yeah. It could have been you, Winona, in the pamphlet. Um, all right. But that's all I got on Beetlejuice. Uh, you ready for your next pick? I am. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. To PP, he's gonna have to kill me. You can't win! Rocky Four, rated PG. Now playing. Check newspapers for a theater near you. Good theme. I don't care out of all the Rocky movies. This is the greatest training montage out of all of them. Uh, you didn't see Creed 2 yet, did you? Uh, I did not see Creed 2. God damn, man. It's basically... I, do, I don't get out much. You could rent it. It's on Redbox. I know you oh, love it. Then I got to go there. and it, It's right next to the lottery ticket machine. There's always an old lady there. And then they want to talk and you feel awkward. You know, because you gotta like you know hold your breath because they smell like old. Yeah, Creed Two, as the event, uh, the return of Drago, his son. Creed boxes his son. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, the trailer, it, it's one of my favorite trailers of all time. It's so well done. 
the Creed 2 one? I was really that? excited to check it out, and I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. it's you'll you'll If you're a fan of the Rocky movies, and especially this movie, Rocky IV, um, you will probably cry at the end scene. Yeah. Like, well, that's because, you know, as, it's the same thing like with Aliens. Like, after Aliens, it ended. Like, there is no Alien 3. Like, with the Rocky movies, it ends with Rocky 4. You know, okay. They, like, I mean, the, even the the later ones, like Creeds, can count, but like Rocky Five, <clears throat> it it doesn't exist. What better way to go out than you know addressing the, this Russian crowd and the fake Gorbachev with in the classic line, "If I can change, you can change. Everybody can change." I was pretty good. I was a good uh, Stallone. Really? I I think it's because I'm losing my voice. Oh. I think that's the only reason I get. Thank you. Oh. I, I tend not to do the voices. I'm a little no, too self-conscious. Right. I throw them out uh, there no matter how bad they are. Yeah. <laughs> and and I and I I I oblige. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. I like I like Rocky Balboa. This that's Rocky Six. Five. No one likes Five. Rocky was that the the video game one? Yeah. 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 I like that one. Yeah. That was good. Um, Rocky four though, it was something like, it was, um, like we were talking last week about, or the week before about, uh, like meathead action movie, you know, those muscle bound hunks and like that, and that, that eighties just rah, rah Americana stuff. And, and this just was all about it. I mean, this was, this was red dawn, but without, Patrick Swayze, pretty much. Right. Uh, and and just and the contrast. They did such a great. It's it's not realistic in any sense. I love how they they turned the American into this this underdog of not having a camp or anything to train with, and ba- basically it's like he was the Jamaican bobsled team of boxing. Uh, but it really made for a a great story and and creating these parallels and going back to that montage is what really like this movie is all it sums up the whole movie in one of you know Rocky in the cabin and he's just chopping wood and running hills in the snow contrasting that to Drago being just pumped full of stuff and you know doing all the CO2 and oxygen tests and yeah. you know monitoring everything and you see all the little uh what they do now for i mean every athlete you know professional athlete now pretty much has these kind of facilities um that Drago had um but it was it was Rocky's fortitude and 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 Philly grittiness, if I can say. Um, oh, it's totally his Philly grittiness. Same Philly yeah. grittiness you and I have. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Um, does it come that far north? Uh, we're weensy bit gritty, pinky. Yeah, it, it's a it's it's a sense it's a bitterness. <laughs> it is a bitterness. A happy a happy bitterness. You take pleasure in it. It's a certain it's a certain sense of. Uh, uh, is it sadism, sadism or masochism? We have this talk all the time. Yeah, I don't know which is which. Sadistic, masochistic. Yeah, it's a certain sort of like masochism. Yeah, hey, that's the word. Yeah, 
You kind of take pleasure in the pain. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, at, at the same time, like, I was heartbroken. Like, the first time I saw this, I was not prepared. Because in my mind, I didn't I like, you don't die in a Rocky movie. You know, unless it's, like, you know, of old age. Mm-hmm. You don't kill a guy in a boxing ring. That doesn't happen. Mm. It does happen. Um, and that that scene, it was a brutal scene. And it's so well done. And to contrast it with the way, like, it opens up and, like, the James, the James Brown performance. And, and, and but you see it in, in some, you actually see that in fighters today as, you know, um, they get too full of themselves they care too much about their entrance and their entourage and what they're doing after the fight right. rather than the fight preparing itself. for the fight. In their mind, the fight's won, and it's not yes. the case at all. Yeah. Um, but damn, and then, and then that, that line, if he dies. If he dies, he, he dies. dies. Oh, it's awesome. um, Dolph Lundgren is just awesome in this movie. I don't think he gets enough credit in the long run of things, you know what I mean? He no, he he he's in uh, Creed he's two, in Creed two, right? And he's fucking he great it. in it. Yeah, um, I I just always felt like, and and I think it's coming around now where people appreciate it more. But I felt like that he was kind of like they treat him like second class to, um, like Stallone and Schwarzenegger, which box office wise, sure. But he had some damn good movies. Yeah, I thought he was entertaining. No, I, I, he was, and he's still getting movies. He's just recently in something. Hold on, I gotta. I just was like, what? Who the hell is that? And uh, I spell his name D O L Lundgren. He was just in something, and I think he was in Chantress. Like, oh, that's Dolph Lundgren. Uh, oh yeah. He was an Aquaman. He played the father of Mera. He was really good in it. Really? Yeah. And I was like, who is that? And then Chantress looked it up. We, we rented an Aquaman, uh, like, I, I think a week ago. We're watching it, and I'm like, who is that? It looks familiar. And she looked it up. I was like, it's Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. So he was an Aquaman, yeah. So he's, he's still getting work. Hell, he was Not just getting work. He's killing it. Yeah. What is this Blackwater movie I just saw? Um, it stars Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren in the fifth, fifth collaboration between the actors. I don't know. I haven't uh, uh, It was a film released on Video On Demand on May May 2018. Our direct video, yeah. It, yeah, well it's, well, it's a Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme submarine movie, and I am going to watch this before oh, yeah. I see anything else. Yeah, we gotta watch this. Uh, so, okay, here's the synopsis. Scott Wheeler, Jean-Claude Van Damme, a man named Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> with that thick fucking accent play, someone named My Scott name? Wheeler. Scott. <laughs> Scott Wheeler. A deep cover operative awakens along uh, another prisoner, Marco, who's Dolph Lundgren, to find himself in prison in a CIA black site on board a retrofitted nuclear submarine. Enlisting the help of a rookie agent and another prisoner, he must race against the clock to escape and discover who set him up. God, can this we is a just, video game. Right, can we just rent this right now and watch it and, and, and you guys listen to us watch it? 
Uh, wait, hang on. Where was this? What was this? Blackwater. Hang on. Let me see where it's available. I have, you know, every streaming service and it's probably on Hulu and I got to finally log in to my Hulu. Everyone uses your Hulu account on my thing, your Hulu name to watch stuff. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's with Prime or I can buy it through Prime. I will check. So yeah, he uh, he. It has a one point four stars from on RogerEbert.com. It's got a four point seven on IMDb. That, that holds up. He, so, he did Creed 2 and Aquaman. I mean, those are two big, two of the biggest movies of 2018. Oh, yeah. Ivan. He's also doing the, uh, you know, the expendable thing with the rest of his, rest of those guys from. Yeah, are they doing a fourth one? I don't see why not. They make a ton of money. They do. Expendables 4. Old Age Home. Oh, yeah, he's set to reprise his role in Expendables 4. Uh, there's an all-female version called Expendabellas. Expend- uh, they're negotiating with Meryl Streep, Cameron Diaz, and Mila Jovovich. Um, oh, I'm forgetting also... Look, I love the movie. But I feel like they tried to go too far out of the way to show that Rocky's successful when they gave him a robot. <laughs> yeah. Or not, well, they didn't give him a robot. He gave Polly a robot. He gave Polly a robot. His robot um, friend's robot best friend. Um, uh, allegedly, apparently, that robot was a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Really? Yes. Man, anyone could get there. Yeah. Sad card but me. So, does the robot get checks? Residuals? Yeah. Yeah, why not? The robot asks for points in the back end. Yeah, right. Like, dude, 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 dude. Just. I want yeah. net points, not gross points. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he wants all his robot in. merch. Yeah. If you sell shirts, I want a percentage. Yeah, but Rocky Four was a monster at the box office. It, I over three hundred million cut. dollars. You think that dickhead asked for Final Cut? The the robot. Yeah. <laughs> I want Final Cut. <laughs> I have my SAG card. I I heard he improved most of his lines. Just like uh, Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Originally, he had uh. He had thoughts about not wanting to do it because it was such a small role. Um, There's no but he small figured, roles you know, small that actors. It, yeah, the opportunity was there, you know, to maybe work with uh, Stallone again in the future. Yeah, he didn't want to shut those uh, those doors. Yeah, because then he's going to end up in a catalog wearing a, a Batman uh, jean jacket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if only those those catalogs, like the originals. Those are like sought after items. Yeah. Go look one up on eBay right now. I'm sure it's going for like a hundred bucks. Go look up a VHS of the robot movie in Rocky Four. I bet it's not as much. 
I heard though he was really pissed off because he originally was going for the role of Johnny Five. No, you can't. Be... Short Circuit Two is one of the greatest movies ever made. Man, I know, but he he was he was going for Johnny Five and uh, he lost out. Johnny Five, Johnny Five plays Johnny Five. I, I know, I know. I tried telling that to uh, Paulie's robot. I am alive. He's alive. All right. Oh, I should have picked Short Circuit 2. I could have talked about it again. It's been like two years since I talked about Short Circuit 2. <laughs> All right. Well, I have another one that's pretty good. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Jim Henson, creator of The Muppets. And George Lucas, creator of Star Wars. Take you on a dazzling adventure. <laughs> There's nothing to be afraid of. Turn back, Sarah, before it's too late. It must be stopped. Labyrinth. Lady PG. Starts Friday at a specially selected theater near you. Turn back, Sarah, before it's too late. This is my <laughs> Bowie. My Bowie is full disclosure. My Bowie is an impression of... Um, so you you saw Thor Ragnarok, right? Yes, actually, just watched uh, part of. I was watching it right before uh, we started. I just, I I'm trying to. I'm just going through watching stuff. I watched Ant Man and the Wasp, and then I was just watching Thor was Ragnarok. Was that your first time seeing Ant Man so and Wasp? I cut myself off. Was that your first time seeing Ant Man and Wasp? No, I saw it before. Oh, yeah. it's one of my favorites. I I you know me and Paul Rudd. Um, so Taiki Watiti uh, directed Ragnarok, and before he did Ragnarok, he did this show called um, uh, Flight of the Concords with the band Flight of the Concords. Oh off yeah, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and they they do an impression of Bo in this one episode, and that's <laughs> my impression is always <laughs> Jermaine's impression of David Bowie. It's like. Go back, Sarah, before it's too late. It's kind of that like sing songy I talk like this because I can't do anything else. I'm David Bowie. I got the big cut piece in the cock. Um So it's this it's this fucking bratty ass bitch played by uh um the girl who gets double end dildoed in uh uh what's that movie called? Uh I can't think of her movie now. I I, I went with the double and the dildo trying to make a joke, and now I can't <laughs> think of the movie. You hang on that now. Yeah, I'm letting those be the last words that come out of your mouth for some time. What the fuck was that Jennifer Connelly movie with um, Jared Leto and they're doing drugs and oh god, I'm looking up Requiem for a Dream. Uh, oh. So yeah. Oh yeah. Jennifer Connelly plays the biggest fucking pain in the ass girl on the planet. But it's not fair. It's all she says in the movie. Enchantress and I went to see this in uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, near Philly. It was a sing-along. That's by me. Or I'm sorry, it was a quote-along. It was a quote-along. So they gave you like these little like maybe like a peach candy for that one thing that one tastes like peach. They give you like bubbles. Uh, they give you like uh, balloons. So like like. There's just so many things. Uh, whoopee cushions for the fire. There's so much fun stuff in it. You then you quote along with um, of the 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 movie um, and uh, Ludo. Wait, Sarah. to Requiem? 
No. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I requiem quote along. No, labyrinth. <laughs> the hardest thing about that labyrinth for me is... sounds like a fun time. Is spelling it. Uh, yeah, but she's the 16-year-old girl. She loses her little baby brother, and she's given 13 hours to solve the labyrinth uh, before he's taken away by Jareth the Goblin King. Um, and it's a fun... It's I, In my opinion, it's a fun movie. I love fucking labyrinth it's freaky too as a kid it scared the shit out of me yes all absolutely the... terrified yeah it's up there with the uh jabberwocky for me it's up there with it's not as quite up there but it's up there with re, uh return to oz for me Ooh, yeah but like if you like look at this movie like a lot of the stuff from uh sarah's bedroom in the beginning of the movie is kind of like the inspiration for the hallucinating dream she has which is jarrah's world um, but it, it had it was filled with David Bowie songs and Jim Henson creatures, and it was the final film directed by Jim Henson before he passed. Uh, great eighties movie. It was nineteen eighty six. Um, Prince was considered for Jareth. Mick Jagger was considered for Jareth. Michael Jackson was considered for Jareth. This movie would have been super extra creepy with Michael Jackson as Jareth. <laughs> Uh, Jim Henson preferred Sting and um, his kids convinced him that David Bowie would be best suited for it. And that was just when he came out. The Let's Dance album just came out. Okay. When he was casting this. And Bowie uh, was like, I'm, I want to make a children, children's movie. And he found, uh, he found it funny and he was like, I'll do this. Yeah. He was great in it too. Uh, yeah, it really doesn't get more 80s than that. You have David Bowie and Muppets. Yeah, right. And I'm controlling my legions of, my min, or my legions of Muppets. Ah, I'm losing the voice. Uh, the uh, It also had songs and uh, great, you know, Muppet effects to it. So I, I, I like this movie still holds up. This is a movie I could watch any any time. Um, someone's like, "Hey, let's watch Labyrinth." Sure. I'll I it. probably haven't seen it in uh, twenty years, and um, maybe more. I I might. That this is something I can throw on when I'm. Yeah, oh, you, you know, think, doing my thing in the kitchen, just kind of just I, to have it there and. I bet in and Squeeze out. That would love it too. Uh, this was more of a movie. My sister loved it. Girls love this more as kids than boys. It's like a coming of age girl film too. Yeah, I can see that. And as far as like an adventure movie goes, it's that 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 fun um how do I put it? Coming of age. Um it, it's not a it's not a yes, it's coming of age. It's not a violent bloody end. No, no, no. Um that us boys crave. Yeah. Right, it's a happy go lucky one. So, this is another movie we're talking about George Lucas. Well, this is what a good friend he was. Uh, Jim Henson was one of his best friends. In fact, he offered the role of Yoda to Jim Henson. He couldn't do it, and he, Jim Henson suggested Frank Oz. But George Lucas produced this, but he didn't. He refused to do any interviews during the release of the film. He didn't want to steal any of Jim Henson's thunder. So, I mean, talk about being wow. a good buddy. We all just shit on him. Fucking Phantom Menace, Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's no excuse for that. I like Jar Jar. Fuck him. I like Phantom Menace. I like Phantom Menace. If you could, you know, 
I the the Jar Jar cut's fantastic. <laughs> I like Phantom Menace because now this is pod racing. Because not only does it, um, I enjoy the movie, but it takes me back to one of my favorite times in my life when I worked at KB Toy Store and we had the yeah. kiosk set up in the movie theater, and I don't know, it's a good good time. I get it. No, no, and I. I for me, I, I I think back to it being the first that that anticipation of, wow, I get to see Star Wars for the first time, like like my my chance to see Star Wars in theaters. Yeah, but people think like, like it's an experience. That's yeah. why I'm looking forward to. I, that's why I think I'm looking forward to this Ghostbusters so much. You know, I didn't get to see Ghostbusters in theaters. You know, like so this to me is like me getting a second shot. Um, yeah, I just love anything Ghostbusters. I don't care what it is. Well, that's true. Uh, but, um, I, for me, it was like all the, like the anticipation, he did it right. Like I was so into the, the reboots, like a bunch of us skipped our, our semi-formal in junior high to go to the Return of the Jedi, a special edition re-release in the theaters. Cause like those were important. So it, it, it like Lucas was like gilding the lily bef- you know, he, before he even, we even knew episode one was coming out. He was getting us ready for it. Yeah. And that was a long play too. Oh yeah. Like that wasn't a, Hey, I'm putting knees out in a month later. This was like two years go by. Yeah. But I mean, now that's like nothing, but back then it felt like forever. He was definitely working. He like, it was part of the plan. It wasn't something that was just coincidental. Like oh, yeah. they started working on um the the re releases and as they were working on episode one. Yeah. Well it was the, the technology that they developed for episode one was the same technology that they were using. Right. You know, but it was it wasn't until I guess he saw uh Terminator two, mm-hmm. the the T one thousand that he was like, All right, I think it's time to revisit this. We could do yeah, and then Jurassic Park, of course, he's supervised post production. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that you like the all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. And that was all finished by George Lucas why Spielberg was making uh Schindler's List. Yeah. So give it up to our boy. Let's not shit on him. As much as we do. <laughs> uh all right. Time to get depressed with Squeezer's next pick. Yay! Of all the movies you can see this year, see Platoon, nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture of the Year, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and two nominations for Best Supporting Actor. See the first real movie about the war in Vietnam, the movie all America is talking about. Platoon, rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspapers for times. What, what did they use that um, in Seinfeld I'm, when he was talking about cooking for the boys? Yes, George's dad. Adagio for strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, I mean, fuck Oliver Stone. <laughs> the guy knows how to make a hell of a movie, though. Well, no, not all the time. Not all the time, but sometimes. And in, in this case he knew exactly what he was yeah, doing in this case but i mean he he made fucking jim like morrison JFK? 
I like the Doors movie, but he made Jim Morrison look like a fucking psychopath in that movie. I think Jim Morrison was a psychopath. I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the music says it all. This movie was just haunting. Yes. And and this came out at a time when, you know, like I just said, like, you know, Rocky had just come out. This came out in uh, 86. Like, Top Gun was coming out. And it was all this, a lot of this rah-rah, you know, America's awesome and war movies are cool. Like all war movies were, you know, like action movies, you know, and they're exciting and, and, you know, and sometimes people die, but it was, you know, the, the good guys, you know, always win in the end. And this movie ends with like a, just a, I don't even want to say a bad taste in your mouth, but it's like you, you get done with it and you're like, Wait, what just happened? Right. You know, like like nothing ha- no- nothing is resolved. There's the the only the change is in like Charlie Sheen going from an innocent kid to just he doesn't even know anymore, you know, as he's leaving. Um and like you you your stars all die and and your two biggest stars get killed off by their own guys. You know, Willem Dafoe gets killed off in the, you know, iconic scene, you know, and then Tom Berenger, you know, gets it from Charlie Sheen at the end for, you know, his part in it. And it's just it it just it really did a great job of just like the sloppiness and like really showing the actual like horrors of war that it's not, you know, just muscle bound hunks, you know, running through the jungle. Yeah, right. It's kids. Yeah, it, oh, it was kids, um, and uh, I mean it, the cast is, is awesome. You got Charlie Sheen, you got Tom Berenger, um, Willem Dafoe, Forrest Whitaker's in it. Um, oh, Keith David is there. Um, we, we forget uh, John C. McGinley, uh, who would go on uh, to be one of everyone's favorite doctors, uh, was also in this and. And and that is that scene there, the, the end there when like the helicopter's taking off and you're seeing him just like left behind with everyone else. Like this war, the movie's over, but these guys are still there and it's still going on. And, and like the look on his face and the heart, like you and it, you know you don't know what's going to happen to these guys. You know, it, it's just um, it's a brutal film. And I mean, I remember seeing this pretty early on. And at first I was like excited, like, uh, oh, this is going to be awesome. Like, it's an action movie. But it is far from, it's an action movie in the sense that there's action takes place. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not like a, a, a romp in good time. No. You know? Not I forgot all. Johnny Depp was even in this too. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <coughs> pardon me. It's a oh, you're pardoned. Freaky film. Very. Uh... Do I dare I say uh, ahead of its time? Uh... Like it almost it does almost feel out of place though for you know the kind of movie that it was coming out at that time. But when did it? 
Because then, uh, what, a year later, a year or two later, we would get um, Full Metal Jacket. Right. Um, when did Hamburger Hill come out? It's uh, also... 87. So yeah, this was like the first one. And then there was like a, a smattering of, uh, Vietnam. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. this wasn't the music. first one. Well, not the first. What was Charlie but... Sheen trying to live up to? Your one of your favorite actors, his father's performance in a movie called. John Goodman's dad? No, one of your, your one the one it's Charlie Sheen's father. Oh, Are Apocalypse you, Now? Yes, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Uh I don't that's different. That's not a war movie. That's a psychological thriller set in Vietnam. That's right. where I, I Right, but that was the first you can't say this was the first one. Apocalypse Oh no 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 now. no no. I'm not saying no 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 by far. And I was even thinking like the entire time I'm doing this, like Apocalypse Now is one of my favorite films. And I, I was thinking about it the whole time. What I'm talking about is in this time period here, in 86, Platoon comes out, and the next couple of years, you get a smattering of uh, okay, similar anti-war based in Vietnam films. The Deer Hunter, too. Oh, Deer Hunter was, what, 79, 80? It was like, like late eight, like late 70s, early 80s, yeah. Yeah. But no, it, I'm not saying it was the first, but you know, you get clusters of movies that pop up from time to time. Right, yeah. You know, that are similar to each other. And this this was the one that kind of lit that spark. And then there's the best one. If you one. can light a spark. Best ones is Forrest Gump. I was in Vietnam. <laughs> it shot me right in the butt talks. <laughs> uh, yeah, when, when you face a moral crisis in Vietnam, when you're confronted with the horrors of war and the duality of man, uh, what better movie to... <laughs> go back and see what to do then platoon yeah and it also had a, its own nes game so that's right it did yeah, it did that's surprising though because like th this all came out of like you know stones you know I i'm i'm sure he signed off on that on like the rights to it or not signed off on it but signed away certain things because that doesn't seem like someone who suffered through the horrors of war and then wrote a film about it wants to make a video game based on it. Right. Uh, it was developed by Ocean uh, for... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sunsoft ported it to NES in 88. And um, stage one, the players in the jungle, it's the side-scrolling game, the player is able to navigate vertically, horizontally, must avoid getting hit by enemies um, and dodge any booby traps on the way. The goal in the first stage is to find the explosives buried deep within the jungle, navigate out, and plant the explosives on the bridge. I forgot I had this in my like second run of collecting. Oh, okay. It's been gone since, but I remember the cartridge. The the cartridge. Yeah, I always remember awesome. the cartridge always as a kid. It was always ads were for it too, and like Nintendo. Uh, like knockoff video game magazines. Uh, mm -hmm. Stage two is a first-person shooter. Stage three is a bunker, and looks like stage four is a third-person view. I want to play this now. I might hunt this down. I'll just get the summer's run. coming. It's time for flea markets. I know. I was talking to uh, our mutual friend Clipper, who's uh, creamy, creamy tapes on. If you want to, if you want to find like the king of of 
VHS tapes, especially horror. Creamy, creamy tapes on Instagram. Our buddy Clipper, he's the man. He's the mm-hmm. uh, uh, flea market fucking king of this area, and he was telling me about some good ones. Uh, I got a hit coming up soon. So, um, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, time to move on to. Oh my god, we're on my last pick. Really? Wow. Um, coming up this December, Squeezer. Uh, it's not a, it's not a normal match. It's uh, not a match that uh, you might have seen before. It's uh, not just a normal movie. It's no holds barred. Hulk Hogan is rich in the greatest challenge of his life. No ring. No rules. No referee. This is an unprecedented display of strength and determination. No holds barred. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, June 2nd at theaters everywhere. So this was a movie about Hulk Hogan basically playing Hulk Hogan, but a man named Ripham. WWF Championship. And they hired Tiny uh, Lister to play Zeus. So um, I'm going to talk about what Bruce Pritchard talked about mainly. Uh, bringing Zeus in. They they wanted to bring him into the WWF. He was like a, a fucking He's a fucking heel. Uh, so the goal was, and I had to do my man, like, this Christmas, no holds bar the movie. No holds bar the match. Get them both on pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> So they wanted him like to wrestle, and he couldn't wrestle for fucking shit. Like, uh, like he just couldn't figure it out. But as a kid, like when I was like big into wrestling, this match, this movie was like, what, what, what is this? And and it just, it just didn't. Like, okay, Kurt Fuller's in it, and you know he he was in everything in the eighties, Ghostbusters two, he was in fucking everything. Uh, but yeah, this did you remember the first time you saw and you were as a kid you're confused. You're like, why is he wearing the WWF championship belt? Um, why is Hulk Hogan called Ripham? Like you you don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just general confusion. Yeah. Same thing with like, you know, uh Thunderlips. Yeah, Thunderlips was like, Oh, that's Hulk Hogan and same with like Suburban Commando. Okay, it's Hulk Hogan playing a role. But he was playing like such a character so close to who he was as Rip, uh, Ripham. Like I, it just didn't make any sense. Like, like Jesse Ventura's in it, Gene Okerlund's in it, Howard Finkel's the ring announcer. Uh, like, is this WWF? Like, it's even like he's even the World Wrestling Federation champion in the movie. Hmm. I mean, he's got the the winged eagle belt. It's a pretty sweet belt. Is my favorite of all belts. And Vince McMahon produced the movie. Um, but uh, why, uh, like, that, as a kid, seeing this movie, it just was uh, utter confusion. <laughs> I was mad, too. I, I didn't get why. Like, I assumed he was playing Hulk Hogan, and he's not, you know. Uh, Tiny Lister uh, played Zeus in the WWF. He was a character. I don't think he ever got an action figure. Uh, he couldn't wrestle. For That's what you need next. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
that's that's who they should release in the retro line, a Zeus one. That would be awesome. He only wrestled three matches. He did a tag match with Randy Savage versus Hogan and Ooh yeah, brother Brudai. Uh, his his brother brother, his shoot brother. So this is Brutus Bar Beefcake. SummerSlam, uh the eight man tag. Um he was eliminated by V uh DQ and um uh Vince knew the movie was a bust. Uh but he only he wouldn't sell it on pay per view by itself. So we sold what I just did, the No Holds Barred, the match, the movie, which included a steel cage match between Hogan and Beefcake versus Savage and Zeus. Um, and the rumor was, the craziest fucking rumor was, that if the movie was a success, they wanted to make the main event for WrestleMania six Hogan versus Zeus instead of Hogan versus Warrior. Oh my God. Yeah, right. Thank God it wasn't a success. That, well, yeah, let's... In hindsight, you're like, you know what? Sometimes failures work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do. They, they work out. And, like, Hulk Hogan, known around the world for his red and yellow, let's put him in blue and white for this movie. Yeah, what was that all about? Right. Like, they fucking... They could have made this so good. Like, just call him Hulk Hogan, put him in red and yellow... Have him face this Zeus guy, and I don't know. It could have been so much better. But uh, that, that's it's very strange how they kind of whether they afraid like because it's a movie that'd be like breaking kayfabe if they use like the real gimmick in the movie. Yeah, I I really don't know. I watch it now and I'm okay with it. It's not that it's bad, but it's not horrible. Okay. But, but it doesn't. It, you understand how yeah, I, I, uh, acting I, 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 and wrestling work now. But Hulk Hogan wasn't like. I mean, adults probably liked him, but as a kid, and many kids in my era probably fucking loved Hulk Hogan. And then you're seeing this movie with Hulk Hogan. He's basically playing Hulk Hogan, but he's called Rip Him, and he's wearing blue and yellow. And it's, he's got the belt, but I thought Hulk Hogan has the belt. Why does this guy Rip Him have the belt? And they're, why are they fighting in an octagon too? They've had the octagon before the UFC. And uh, I think that's where the UFC stole it from. This match, no holds barred. No holds barred. Uh, anyway, that's all I had to say about no holds barred. Um, <laughs> Squeezer, uh, we're on for your last pick. Here we go. Wow, that went quick. Chevy Chase and his family on National Lampoon's European vacation. Share the sights, the sounds, and the thrill. Hey, Dad, look. Being in Europe Arcari. with Chevy Chase in National Lampoon's European Vacation, rated PG-13. Now playing at a theater near you. I guess if we dedicate an entire show to the Christmas vacation, it's only fair to talk the original. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm sure there's people out there going, really? You're talking movies from the 80s and... You picked a vacation movie and went with European vacation? Right. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Because we already talked. We had an entire episode dedicated to the Christmas vacation. Right. And I'm pretty sure we talk... Uh, I mean, we've talked we about all the vacations. We usually pop in and talk at random about, you know, the first one. Right. But we, I don't think we went in depth. The, best, the thing that I love the most about this movie, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping on one of your things. No, is, no, no. Is the porno movie subplot in the... Y- 
Yes. When when Chevy shoots like the porno movie with with uh, uh, Beverly uh, D'Angelo. Here's what's, the... uh, what's her name? Yeah. His wife in the movie, and it winds up that he gets his camera stolen, and it winds up like being advertised all around Europe. Like her billboards of her. Yeah. Right, and it's just laughed about. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> um, what's strange about this movie is it has a lot of big set pieces if you will like some real big over-the-top goofy stuff like especially like at the end of the movie where like the plane like knocks over like the torch on the statue of liberty right some ridiculous stuff where it's the real simple lines and the the dry stuff that that's what you remember and that's what you repeat and it's the same stuff that like happened with you know uh you know, the first vacation movie and even Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. Like wh- who doesn't at random, you just you know, make it big Ben parliament. Oh, every time I take a wrong turn and wind up passing the same thing and Tantris, you could count on her and I would get upset if she didn't do it. The kids, big Ben parliament. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the waiter scene, um, when he's trying to use the translator and, and the guy's just talking down to him and my favorite part about the scene is not not that actual interaction, but it cuts to the French restaurant and they're just opening up frozen meals, yeah, and just throwing them in the microwave. Uh, it, there's so many oh, just the, the, the little in things. Germany, the girl, the 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 Frau line girl getting nude. Like that's the first. I think the only is there nudity in the first one. Um, I can't remember if. That girl Wait, gets naked or not. Is there? Huh. It's all right. I got to think, but here's the problem with that. I've seen it so many times, but the most of the times I've seen it since they're usually like, it's on TV. Oh, okay. You know, so you'll lose a lot with the edit. Yeah, there's definitely nudity. You know the nude scene I'm talking about when uh, uh, Russ is hooking up with the uh, German girl. Yes. And she takes her top off. Mm-hmm. Got the blue stockings on. Um, uh, I think there is nudity in Vacation too. Oh, is it in the pool scene? I think so, yeah, the pool scene. When yeah. Clark goes down to the pool? Right. Yeah. And there were always... My, my personal favorite, though, and it really... It, um, it might be because of my love of television. Um, but... The pig and the poke. It's just—it's amazing that that show what isn't it starts, on right now. What it starts out on the the game show. Yeah, it, it opens up with the game show. Them dressed as pigs. Pigs, yeah, that's so great. Yeah, um, when they when they go in to check in to the the B and B, and they don't have the reservation form. It's like, oh, you know, we won the pig and the poke. Like, and they all do like the the shtick, and like the tagline from the show, mm-hmm. and the slovenly. Englishman, he's like, oh, the Yanks. And it just, it was so uncomfortable and just so, just just shitting on what's wrong, like the American, um, how do I say this without uh, coming off like uh, someone like you that hates America and stuff? Um, Me. I love America. Yeah. No, I read it in an email somewhere, or uh, 
a post. Um, on YouTube, someone posted that on yeah, Hate yeah. America. Um, but just the way it was handled so well. And, like, it wasn't even, like, this is this guy is a piece of garbage, and yet he's even looking down yeah, on these has, people because he's one of those hotels where you, where you put the desk down and your book's there and you go through pre-computer age hotel. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of good scenes in uh, that when they go to the family, they think they're their relatives, but they have no oh, idea who they are. Yeah, they have no idea. Uh, we're looking for sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's uh, that? Audrey spending all the money on phone to talk to her, that big muscle dummy. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that. And um, she actually, uh, Dana Hill, she actually passed away. Yeah, um, she? she was the the second Aubrey. She died of uh, drugs, uh, right? It was, no, it was cancer. She had oh. a she had a stroke, but she did have, I believe, she did have uh, some uh, drug problems following, uh, following that. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure I talked about that after during the. Uh, did I do that during no, the uh, Christmas vacation one? I picked my favorite. Uh, Russ and you might Audrey's. have diabetes was her problem. Yes, she died. She slipped into a diabetic coma in 1996 and suffered a massive paralytic paralytic stroke following month. 32. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that's oh god, that's fucking. I can't even think about that now. Fuck. Yeah, di- diabetes. It's a. All right. Yeah, I see nothing about um drugs. No, it was diabetes. Drugs. Yeah. So I I apologize. It was another. Who am I thinking of then? I mean, I remember one of them having there were some drug issues there, but ah, we can move on. And then uh, Jason Lively uh, had the role of Russ. Uh, uh, Russ. Uh, didn't do uh, much more. It, 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 these two uh, Russ Norris didn't exactly go on to star in like the one of the biggest, uh, you know comedy sitcoms of all time right yeah um yeah it's just it, it it's the oddball one i i'd say if like the of those originally those original three it's your temple of doom you know it kind of yeah i would say it's so. an, it's an outlier it's not it's not the best one i mean the first one is fantastic. I think Christmas Vacation. There's a reason that I'm. I have the VHS sitting here on my desk right now of Christmas Vacation, because I think it's just legendary. Um, so, did Dana Barron do drugs when she was on 90210? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. We're probably thinking of something. Something else. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was her. I feel bad now that I said it was her. Yeah. No, no, because I thought the same thing. But, you know, information is not what we specialize in. No. <laughs> no, it's really not. Uh, So, anyway, we could probably look this up and, like, search out what the fuck we were talking about. Ah, why start now? Yeah, no sense in doing it now. Uh, okay, so that's... Your final pick. We're we're done with the show. We talked. Wait, really? Yeah, that was five. That seemed five. to go quick. Yeah. We uh we did we did good. 
You're good. Um, we got next week we're talking 80s junk food, and that wraps up 80s week. And then we move on to, you know, not necessarily strictly 80s topics, but we will be covering the gamut. And there's a few in there that I'm really excited about. Uh, one in particular, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Mm, the all Dick Tracy episode. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're dedicating yeah, an entire, been, entire episode in our future to Dick Tracy. I got giddy when, I, when you put that one on there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, so next week, we're going to be talking 80s junk food, and that's going to be an easy one for us. Uh, we're not going to need any research or guessing about actors, actresses dying of drugs because we are products of 80s junk food. <laughs> <laughs> it's shaped us, literally. Literally. Yes. Um, uh, and... Uh, Bowls of potato soup and lemonade at high school at your high school lunch every day for four years. Yeah, for me it was um, the toasted cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. Oh, I could go for one of those right now. I might actually do that. I know oh. it's one thirty-eight, but yeah, well, fuck it, right? Treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. All right. Well, this this is we got one more '80s show, but this is fun going down '80s movies memory lane and we'll be back next week with uh more rad years i'm rk i'm squeezer we'll see ya